I would like... Uh, you're drunk. If I may. And you're crazy. To take you... I'll be sober tomorrow and... On a strange journey. You'll be crazy for the rest of your life, brother. Radio Desidendi. Hello everybody, my name is Alistair Harrison, I'm a fourth year arts law student here at UQ. And, well, I am uh, Daniel McGackis, I am studying law and economics. For everyone listening at home, that was as awkward to watch as it was to listen to. <laughs> I'd say more so. You're listening. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was good, you should have committed. Well, I didn't know if we wanted to do it together or separately. No. You're listening to Radio Desidendi. Raise ipsa locata. It speaks for itself. It's fucking radio, it doesn't it? <laughs> Trigger warning. <laughs> Al, I want you to commence getting keen because I've got something very special for you and our listeners today. Today, we're going to talk about how Miranda Kerr, the world of sex, and law all fit together in beautiful symmetry. Dan, why is it always about Miranda Kerr with you? That's a good question. Look, before you go on your another one of your narcotic-fueled <laughs> sexual fantasies, I have something more, far more interesting to talk about than that. Well, you can talk about that, and I'm going on the fantasy. Right, well, just hold off on the fantasy for the time being, because I want to talk about nepotism in the legal profession and making friends. That fits in pretty well with sex, Miranda Kerr, and... What did I say? The, oh, the law. <laughs> Well, strap in, listeners, because it's going to be one hell of a journey. This one takes me back to about this time last year, in fact. I was a uh, privileged enough to be a member of the UQ team for the Shine Lawyers Torts Moot, uh, you know, the most esteemed of all mooting competitions. Naturally. Uh, held at QUT, um, you know, real-world moot, it was all good. After a particularly noxious... Uh, presiding judge in the uh, fourth round, I was quite keen to uh, drown my sorrows at the wrap-up dinner, which was being held at the Stamford Plaza Hotel. And in attendance there was a certain judge of the Queensland Supreme Court. For his honour's sake, I'm not going to name him. Suffice to say, I was pretty miserable throughout the dinner. I'd been stuck next to some god-awful QT lecturer who clearly wasn't enjoying the conversation. So, of course... After a couple of red wines, nature called, and I sprinted to the men's room. And as I'm walking up to the urinal, who should be leaving it but his honour? Now, being three or four sheets to the wind by this point, I decided to strike up a conversation. Now, what do you say to a member of the judiciary? How do you, how do you respectfully approach them? Well, what would you say, Dan? What, do you, what would you say? I, I can't rightly tell you, Al. A correct answer. I didn't know what to say, so I drew on the one thing I knew, law. And I said, Judge, I don't want to be blunt, but your judgment <laughs> in such and such a case was incredibly well organized and well set out. And he laughed, and he said to me, you've clearly learned the first rule of advocacy, always flatter the judge. And I replied, well, Your Honor, you have to start somewhere. And he laughed and said, what subject was this for? And I said it was for trusts. And I added, and my friends and I all did this, your judgment. We all analysed it. And we all got sevens. So thank you, judge. 
And he laughed and said, good on you, mate. And then he left the bathroom, and I was an absolute giddy fangirl <laughs> for the next 20 minutes. It was incredible. Al, why are you telling me this? I'm glad you asked, Dan. It's because this was my first encounter with a member of the judiciary. You mean to tell me that you approached a member of the judiciary at a urinal and you didn't even get an associateship out of it? People these days, right? But I made a friend, I like to believe. I mean, it's a ridiculous story, but I feel buried away in there, there is a point to all of this. That is, this is how you become an associate. This is how you get jobs. This is how you get clerkships. It is all about who you know. Sometimes chance encounters provide professional opportunities. I suppose that puts a lot of pressure on us to be likeable people outwardly. Yes. Does that bother you at all? More than a little. I mean, really, the law is just one giant circle jerk when you think about it. (laughs) I mean, I hear all these people (laughs) applying for clerkships that they don't want at firms that they don't like, working for people they can't stand. I mean, this is what APD is, more or less. Annual professional drinks, because you need alcohol to be able to tolerate each other's company. A girl, the girl at work next, who works at the stall next to me has been complaining all this week because she has eight interviews and she has hated every one of the interviewers so far. She keeps having to go to the drinks for, I think it was the one tonight she had on, she was complaining about. She had the one that she just skipped. She said, I would rather not go to the drinks and just not work there than have to deal with these people. And that's not even... I haven't even started talking about the questions she gets asked in interviews. Oh, please. So her interview was on Monday, and the you know, interview was going well so, you know, at, at the start. And then the interviewer, who I think was one of the partners, said, so what did you do this morning? Or, or, or you know, what have you done so far today? She said, oh, I woke up and went and got a coffee. And he said, coffee? That, that doesn't sound very relaxing. She's like, she was taken aback. She's like, I, well, I guess not. And they say stuff like, you know, if someone, if you were to, con- you know, get in conflict with someone, how do you resolve that? How do you resolve it? You, you just argue with them. That's the whole point. Conflict is natural and inevitable. I feel the questions they're asking in these interviews are com- stuff like, you know, what if you're a perfume, what sort of perfume would you be? I've heard that asked. If you're a piece of fruit. What if the point is, though, not not really to find out what you're actually like, but what sort of insane crap you're willing to say to try and get the job? Oh, what, sh- what kind of fruit would you be, Al? I'd be a mango. <laughs> <laughs> Might be too late. Because they're delicious. <laughs> who the f- who knows? This is ridic- what a ridiculous question. And these are the people... These senior partners who get their jollies, get their kicks, get their rocks off by asking these poor, intimidated people on their hands and knees begging for a job, what sort of vegetable they're going to want to be? The answer is grapes, Al, or <laughs> bananas. Anything that comes in a bunch, that's the answer they're looking for. Is it a homophobia thing? Are, are they asking if you're a fruit? Are they trying to see if you're a response? <laughs> I'm not a fruit. This is ridiculous. It's a vegetable. Don't call me a fruit. <laughs> It's just, it is insane. I cannot believe that people tolerate this sort of nonsense. Trying to get, like, the, the, the great appeal for clerkships. That, but that's the sad bit, is that is kind of the great standard of getting a job uh, in the law for graduates these days. It's, you have to get a clerkship or else, you know, you're out in your posterior. 
That's right. Very few positions go to open market. So a lot of it's, if you don't get a clerkship, you don't get a grad job. Mm. Bit sad, really. But the sort of torture they impose upon people, it just goes to show how this is sort of unfortunately necessary. You know, people just don't have the option to go elsewhere uh, looking for jobs. Look, I had someone in the careers team at UQ pull me aside and say, before I went in for my uh, interview, that really what they're looking for is to try and suss out whether you're the kind of person that they can go get a drink with after work. I think that really comes back to what you were saying about your encounter with his honour in the men's room. Am, Am I the kind of person that these lawyers want to go get a drink with after work? That's, that's why we have annual professional drinks. To suss out the kind of person you are. Yeah. Do you, do you party hard enough <laughs> for top-tier law? That's the question, Al. It's a very good question, Dan. It says a lot about what the practice of the law is. They're not really looking for the next Sorrow and Dixon to fill out, you know, 300 leases uh, and stay till 9 p.m. They're looking for more or less tolerable people. Um, who are prepared to do, you know, the legwork and also, you know, occasionally have a bit of chat over the water cooler or whatever. Or indeed go to drinks on Friday. Well, then going back to associateships, that's a particularly tricky one because that seems to be based almost solely on how well you click with the judge. Yeah, that's kind of another level of personality test altogether. That's kind of like finding a soulmate. Or in the judiciary. In the judiciary. Well, more or less, I mean, from what I've heard. And I, I imagine, I, I don't have any problems with that. Um, I enjoy Walton Stores and Mayer, <laughs> Lord Denning Judgments, Long Walks on the Beach. I don't know. Is it, is it that personal? I, well, I've heard of one associate who uh, was made to play golf with his judge every Sunday, and he didn't like golf, the associate. Compelled. He, was com- he didn't have a choice. It was uh, an order in personam. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the problem was... I think he hadn't stipulated to the judge that he didn't like golf or had kind of slightly, he'd slightly exaggerated his tolerance for golf. Um, and it backfired on him, unfortunately. That happens to lots of people. You're listening to a show that isn't not Radio Dissidendi. Uh, oh, you just want me to keep talking. Yeah, to right, okay, go. sorry, I didn't realise. Yep, Daniel, that's me. Hello. And what are you, Al? I'm, I believe I'm Al. Alistair. You can call me Al. Old Mrs. Hunt had a rough cut punt. <laughs> articulation. Welcome to Radio Dissident. <laughs> <laughs> it's about diction. diction. I thought it was about the punt. <laughs> the punt. <laughs> the cut. I know you're an avid reader of GQ, so you've probably read some of the comments from Miranda Kerr that came out this last week. There was one that I thought it, it sort of piqued my attention a bit because she spoke about her, her desire to self-improve in the bedroom. And I thought as I was sitting back in my own house in the comfort of my surrounds, that's really not that dissimilar to law. Do you see where I'm going with this? Absolutely. Let me explain. I feel the journey, the process, the task of sexual self-improvement is perhaps equally embarrassing when you compare it to legal self-improvement, right? Totally. Do you feel vulnerable? Absolutely. I think you'd feel very vulnerable. I'd feel vulnerable 
I've felt vulnerable. I still feel vulnerable, Al. The point is, there are, it's, there are just so many similarities. It's almost, I'm almost overstimulated, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> then why are you doing that with your hand? <laughs> For example, what you have really is a relationship of almost ultimate trust and confidence. To ask somebody about your performance in the law, that takes a lot of guts to ask that. It also takes a lot of internal strength to deal with the answer, should they choose to answer you. But, see, this is where the similarities really start to get uncanny. It's almost freaky, right? Because how do you get better at sex, Al? I honestly wouldn't know. It's really been a long 20-year decline. It's getting worse and worse. I was, I was actually hoping you would... You would teach me. <laughs> the point is, <laughs> sex, law, as with most things in life, it's a matter of practice, okay? Ah. Practice and, and law, like sex, I would maybe venture. You know, you never really a- attain perfection, do you? <laughs> maybe you don't, but... <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, one does not normally obtain sexual perfection. I say protection, but I want to say perfection. Okay. In either of these realms. All right. Yeah. Okay. But practice but does help. But the similarity, the creepy one, I think, is that you really need to throw yourself on the other person's <laughs> mercy. <laughs> because nobody's going to practice the law with you unless they like you. And it's the same with sex. Or sex is the same as the law. Dan. Are you are you following me? Dan. You know, if I, I walk into my law lecturer's office and I say, I've really, I think I've underperformed here. Will, can you help me? I've got these grades. I need to get them up. What am I supposed to do if the law lecturer doesn't like me? You can't. Just give me some generic feedback like, oh, yeah, I was mildly entertained through the middle there. And then by the end, it was just... It wasn't good. So how do you get it up? The new really, GPA. How do you get your GPA that's up? That's the question. That's Here's what I'm trying to ask. Yeah, trying to get it up. And I suppose this really goes back. I think we've sort of come full circle. It's about how you engage with people. You've got to be likable. You've got to, you've got to network, I think, endlessly. You've got to make them love you. Because if they love you, they will teach you how to love them appropriately. Dan... Am I hearing you right? Are you sleeping with your lawyer? (laughs) (laughs) I have nothing else to say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listeners, thanks for tuning in again to Radio Desidendi. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been. I've had fun. Have you had fun, Dan? I always have fun. Have you had fun, hypothetical listener? Yes. Excellent. We aim to please. I don't know. What is this called? What are we on? Jack Radio. This is Jack's Radio? Jack off radio? (laughs) I didn't agree to that. (laughs) Not again. On Jack Radio. Okay. Okay.